Hello, and welcome to the Mobile Home Park Expert Podcast. I'm Jason Sarutin, joined by my good friend, Glenn Esterson. Glenn, what's up with you? Oh, man, I'm just getting the summertime itch. I'm just so, so happy summer's here and that, you know, we're going to get to do some traveling, God willing, go see some good stuff. And man, the, the, the market's still so frothy. It's making me feel a little smart. And, you know, <laughs> I'm enjoying it right now. I'm enjoying it. right now. Yeah. The market's on fire. You're on fire. It is hot as hell outside. So it is all signs are pointing to a very hot summer in many aspects today on the show, Glenn, I thought it would be cool to talk about kind of some current event stuff. We, you know, we, did a live podcast about 1038. I thought we'd touch in because there's been a lot of rumors about Biden, you know, uh, tweaking this 1038 uh, uh, tax code. Uh, then I want to talk about the bottlenecks that we're seeing in the manufactured home community, uh, manufactured home space. It is it is rough out there. I want to talk about how things look post-pandemic. I bet that's going to lead in from the bottlenecks. And then, of course, I'd like to wrap talking a little bit about where you think interest rates are going. So Glenn, we were talking about 1031 um, on our live podcast uh, last week. And this week seems like more and more people are talking about it. Are you hearing anything? Does it look more likely? What is the outlook? Yeah, it's it's looking like it's probably got legs under it and Biden's probably gonna get some adjustment to this 1031 regulation stuff. I mean, it's. Nobody knows for sure, there, you know, but the, the, the guys that we go to for advice and that have some so-called insight on the subject are saying it's looking more and more likely that there's going to be some major reform to the 1031. Um, now, what does that mean? I don't know. But, you know, as we discussed uh, a week or two ago, it, you know, you have other options out there and those don't seem to be on the chopping block right now. But maybe the, maybe they are. None of us really know. Um, and I, I'm not great at speculating, but I would say, like I've always said, is, you know, they, if they do take this away from us, there's probably another alternative that we can pivot towards or they'll give us another alternative. But who knows? You know, I mean, it could just be, you know, a, 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 you know, the pull, pull the rug from under you and, it, and it's over and it's gone with and suck it up, buttercup. You know, it, it very well might be, you know, uh, it's hard to say. If if there's a 1031 rollback and interest rates go up, will that be like horrible for the industry or will everything be okay? Yeah, it won't be good for the industry. You know, pulling away the 1031 money, I think it's going to restrict a lot of investment, a lot of new capital, a lot of a lot of the reasons why people invest. Okay. Being being able to, you know, to carry tax deferred for as long as they allow you know, is, is a real benefit to the investment world and to what our industry needs with investment dollars coming in to revitalize these parks. I worry it might stymie that somewhat. On the interest rate front, I'm I'm not really too worried about it. You know, I mean, I don't think we see any significant interest rate hike for at least another year, at least through 20, you know, 22. Um, you know, there's a, a, a guy on the federal reserve board that, that I follow, uh, uh, I'm going to murder his last name, but uh, Neil, uh, I can't, I, I don't even want to try to attempt to say, it, but uh, Neil, I don't know his name, <laughs> you know, but, but he sits on the federal reserve and he posted an interesting article the other day on LinkedIn that, um, you know, suggests that, that 
he is not worried about, you know, uh, interest rate increases due to, you know, what he's calling temporary inflation. Um, you know, so. And if they do but are they just rate, saying that? But they're just saying that temporary inflation. Come on. Well, all signs are pointing to inflation. It really is. You know, all this this increase in lumber, in, in, in all of the things has to do with the supply chain has been really restricted, you know, and that's making it harder uh, and to get the product. Right. So it's costing us more and people are paying more for that product right now. I mean, it's just supply and demand. And I think that gets moderated as COVID releases and people. Uh, you froze up again. So this will allow me to tell you how manufactured I think it is. I think the lumber industry, I think they got tons of lumber. Oh, there you are. Wait. There you are. You're back. Oh, man. Did you get to hear me arguing my point when you couldn't talk? <laughs> Not the lumber? The stockpiling lumber? You're probably think, right. It's probably like it's probably it's like the diamond industry. You know, they, they, they have surpluses there and they're going to release it, you know, cautiously. I think all this shit is so gained. I just don't trust that. I just, I just don't trust it anymore. I don't know what to think. So, you know, I just, well, it is what it is, right? You know, like, exactly. no matter what I think, it's like today, this costs as much as that's Ex- exact of today. You know? Yeah, we don't know why it's happening. Whether, yeah. whether, it's, whether it's manufactured or not. Speaking of manufactured and, and bottlenecks, Let's talk about some of the bottlenecks, like six month waiting times on if some of lucky. these manufactured houses, right? If you're lucky. Right now, we're really looking at nine to 12 months for almost everybody. Unless you're putting in a monster order and greasing some wheels, and, 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 or if you're going to a secondary manufacturer or you know something like that. All the primary manufacturers, they're, they're having real bottleneck between the labor shortage and the material shortage. And then just this, the absolutely massive amount of demand for for homes right now to fill all these vacant parks up, you know, they're having a real tough time on deliveries and we're having to adjust our underwriting accordingly. So whereas before we would, you know, say, oh, in three to four months, you start bringing in homes. And now we're having to underwrite to, you know, 12, 12 months or more sometimes to bring on homes, which of course affects the investor's return on the deal. Um, I think that gets fixed, but it's not going to get fixed great because manufactured housing still is not producing 100,000 units a year. You know, I, I just saw a report from a couple of days ago, 98,000 units produced. OK, like that's that's a fraction of what we should be producing. And, you know, I don't know why they can't increase that production. I guess it has to do with the supply chain and just the, the archaic nature of our industry. Um, but that's. I, I think something that has to get fixed. And I think, I think in the next couple of years, there's enough people looking at how to fix it right now that it does get fixed, but in deliveries from the heyday of manufacturing uh, housing, there were over 300,000 okay, in, in the heydays. Right. So for us to be still below a hundred thousand units to me seems really poor because it's been like that for the last five years, six years that I, that I can think of. Um, and it's better than it was 10 years ago, but still far cry from 300,000. You know, um, let me ask you this a lot of pricing pressure as well. These homes that two years ago were $30,000 homes today are $45,000 homes, $42,000 homes, you know, and, you know, it's it's making affordable housing harder to be affordable because now an investor has to recoup his money. Right. He had he has to be, you know, be able to cover that. 
they're not taking large margins on the sales already, you know. So like before, if you bought a thirty thousand dollar home, maybe you sold it for you know thirty five thousand dollars, making a couple bucks. Nowadays, there's just no room to do that, and most of these guys are getting the homes put in, and they're they're taking them at cost just to get uh, the lots built, you know, um, and waiting a pile of time to do it, and the home costs more. So of course that means lot rents got to go up. Of course that means if they're using them as rentals, the rental price is going to go up. And then everything else is going to catch up to it because now this is the new price, right? So it is making the older homes retain their value better, which is nice. You know, if you're a homeowner and you're looking at, you know, selling your, your home because you can't move it to wherever you're going, you should be able to get a much better number for it today than you would have a couple of years ago, uh, even as a used home, which, which I, you know, at least I'm, I, I, it's nice to see. Um but yeah, manufacturing still has a long way to go. So this is all supply demand, you know, related. We had so much tenant demand to move into parks. We had so much owner demand to buy these homes, to fill these tenants that want to move in the park. And then we got this, this really tight bottleneck of 100,000 homes a year when we had seven point something million people living in manufactured homes. I mean, you can imagine how much this needs to, you know, it has to replenish the aging homes just, you know, organically. Uh, so that has to get fixed. And then if you couple that with interest rates and you couple that with, you know, fear of the 1031, yeah, it could make it sound like, hey, things are looking scary in our market. But when you really still look at our industry as a whole, there's still no cheaper option, you know, and for, for a yeah. safe place to live for a few hundred dollars a month, whether it's 500, you know, or 300 or 700, it's still really, really affordable. And it's still the best option out there for people that are looking to size down for one reason or another coming from, you know, houses or apartments or whatever. So, you know, as an investor in this industry, you know, you're still sitting pretty well because you're still sitting, you know, on, on, on a limited resource, essentially, you know, because they're still not giving us new developments. You know, I mean, I, you know, we got a few here, a few there. But when you look at the amount of, you know, parks getting taken out of inventory, Versus the amount of parks being developed and put into inventory, they're still in that loss on these things. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't see much, much change on that. So as an investor, that puts you in a real good position, you know, as to why the market is so frothy still, despite all these other things that can be challenging. You know, we're transaction volumes nuts compared to last year. And last year was nuts compared to the year before, you know. So you know, we, we've already done $75 million in, in park sales as of today for, you know, almost the middle of the year which is about what we did all of last year. I think we did a little bit more last year, uh, but, you know, it's, it's amazing the amount of, you know, velocity that's happening from acquisition standpoint still. How does, how does 3D printing of manufactured homes affect the mobile home park business? Because we were just talking about bottlenecks and we look at that technology and how quickly it's going from concrete 3D printed homes to hempcrete 3D printed mm -hmm. homes to, you know, bioplastics and things like that. Is that going to, is that the next frontier of the mobile home park world? I don't think so. I mean, there, there's a lot of these <clears throat> communities that like tiny houses and stuff like that, that are technically land lease communities. And that I think is going to be more, come more into play, but it's such a small fraction that right now I don't see it as a competitor or as the future for manufactured housing. I think, you know, things within manufactured housing that are already, you know, here right now that aren't being exploited as, as much as maybe the, the, the traditional manufactured housing 
I think that's more of the future. Companies like, you know, I'm going to promote a company I've never met, but I love what they do online. Um, it's called Tenfold Engineering. And, you know, they're making these these homes that are truly portable and they're 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 nice. You know, they're, they look they look better than a manufactured home. They fit on a manufactured home lot. Uh, they're kind of like how RVs are, where they expand and grow when you park them, you know, kind of the same thing. Uh, but they can collapse into a very transportable unit. Press a button, the home collapses, a truck arrives, gets it on there and you can move it. And I think that's going to be wonderful for tenants that are, you know, going to get upset with any of the, the crummy landlords that are out there that, you know, uh, are, are keeping them kind of glued to the seat because they don't have options right now. I think that's something, but they're very expensive. You know, uh, but I think things like that are going to become more normalized and we're going to see that become a thing. Um, you know, the there's a lot of new policy and and, and uh, coming down about affordable housing. I know a few new states have just, you know, enacted um, some more kind of rent controls and tenant kind of favored positions as far as, you know, declarations on, you know, if the owner is planning on selling the park, you know, things like that. There's you know, some new things that are coming online that I think is going to become more commonplace, too, as we see, you know, um, you know, more more states adapt to some version of rent control and to some version of a tenant's right to first refusal when it comes to a, a park sale. Uh, how, you know, how that actually plays out, I don't know, but we're seeing, you know, more legislation being introduced pretty, you know, pretty recently. I think it was just a month ago or so, uh, maybe two months now that uh, some senator somewhere said, hey, you know, this this is a tenant's bill of rights kind of thing. Um, and, you know, it's that that could add some some impact on our pricing. But I, I always fall back to the supply demand. I mean, if if you have a limited resource that's in high demand and, you know, I, I don't see how as an investor you're in a bad position with it, even even if we are in a bubble, which ABR, you know, but I don't really think it's that kind of bubble you have to worry about. I still think you're in a better position when you look further down the road, um, you know, with, with buying these parks and cash flow in these parks at, at a lower cash flow than maybe you were five years ago, obviously. But at the same time, I think in five years from now, that cash flow is going to make a lot of sense. It's um, it's an interesting world right now. How are things in general from your perspective in a semi post pandemic America. Like I said, we're, we're, you know, three times the transaction volume that we were for the, the previous, you know, so, you know, this quarter or, or this half year for Q1 and Q2 from last year, which last year was balls to the walls, record breaking type of year, you know, for, for, you know, park sales and everything. Um, you know, we're already on our team at three times that transaction volume. Okay. For this same period of this year. Um, and I, I would imagine my competitors are doing something similar, um, you know, that that velocity all around the board is, is increased. So and, we're, and we are seeing, you know, substantial rent gains, you know, for better or worse. But it does seem to be a bit more organic. This, you know, this part, you know, as compared to a couple of years ago, because it's not all rent press. It's a lot of infill. We've done a lot of infill this last couple of years. You know, we sold a guy a park back in November. Um, it was, a, you know, a heavy infill. It needed like 100 units or something, you know. And here we are right now evaluating that park again to resell it here in a couple months once this cap, capital gains time period is up. Um, and that's, 
you know, he managed to get the hundred homes in. He managed to get them filled as soon as they were there. He managed to get the cash flow coming in on these new rents that are, you know, higher than what the market would have suggested, but they were absorbed immediately. Um, you know, without having to really hammer his his legacy tenants, you know, uh, which is you know it's always nice to see. Um, so I, I think still my my personal situation with this industry is is still I think looking fabulous. The overall transaction velocity in this industry is still looking fabulous, and there's still enough meat on the bone to still make a deal happen and make you know make your 15 to 18 percent you know seven year IRRs or whatever it is you're trying to hit for your syndications. You know, and it, it is making it harder for the the one off mom and pop guy that's trying to buy his first park to get in here uh, because there is a lot of big money that's in here now. You know, we were just on the phone with the group today that just, you know has a pension behind them, you know, a pension fund behind them, and you know they're 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 closing monster deals right now, and they're you know gobbling up what they can. And there's probably you know a dozen other groups like them right now doing very similar things, and there's probably another hundred groups buying up everything they can afford to buy. You know, with their measly hundred million, two hundred million dollar funds. You know, <laughs> so it's it's a very interesting time. It keeps getting more interesting year over year over year over year. Um, but I don't, I don't know that I would call it a bubble yet. Um, you know, it's, it's inflated, but is it, is it the kind of bubble that pops or is this, Hey, this is the start of something time will tell, I guess. But when we're seeing the spreads between the interest rates and the spreads, you know, and and the cap rates, and we're still seeing people make 20% returns, 15 to 20% returns, you have to think to yourself that still beats almost all the other markets out there. And that must mean there's still some room to compress further. Uh, which is probably the direction the industry is going over the next couple of years. Probably. What's what's the what's the most amount of times you've sold and resold the same property? Three so far. Um, you know, and, and we're doing a pretty big deal right now. That's going to you know be the third, maybe fourth on a couple parks. Um, and you know, it's I, I get around right, so I, I do transactions all over the country. Um, but you know, there's probably it, a bunch of my deals that are ready to turn over again. If I only had more manpower on my team to go handle more deals, I think we have, I think right now we're at about 250 million in under contract um, or listed, you know, and that's for me, that's just a mega number. Like I, I ain't never had that before in my pipeline, you know? So like, that's, that's incredible. That's a pretty big number. And we've already closed, you know, about 75 million this year. And that tracks with, us doing triple by the end of the year, like what I said. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we crack 200, 250,000, 250 million dollars in total sales, you know, before December 1st for, you know, 2021. That's big business. That's a mega number, man. You know, it's, well, uh, you guys have earned it. Your whole team works so damn hard. People, if you haven't uh, checked out Glenn and you haven't checked out his book, The Mobile Home Park Manifesto, it's available on his website or directly on Amazon. He's also got a master class available right now on the website. It is the perfect thing if you're diving in and you want to get a lot of information really, really quickly. I think right now it's under 200 bucks, but that's a limited time. We're going to be raising the price on that very, very soon. If not, it might be happening in the next day or so, right, Glenn? Yeah, it's, you know, starting tomorrow, the price does go up. If you guys make an order today, which I doubt you guys are going to hear this thing by the time this comes out, <laughs> it'll probably be the new price, but maybe if you write it's, me a letter 
and ask me, please, maybe we can do something for you. Yeah, but um, but if you, I mean, the thing is, is is even at you know four or five hundred bucks, this thing is a value. There are people who are charging three thousand dollars for things that are not as good. The yeah, book is the book is like four dollars. I mean, if you're interested, check it out. You have yeah, to. Yeah, the the book, guys. It's you know the digital version is only five bucks. You know, um, the print copy is only twenty bucks. The course was two hundred dollars. It's now going to be three ninety nine. Uh, oh, the first course sold like hotcakes. Uh, we're going to be adding, you know, things over time to these courses, and hopefully offer some more, you know, some more things over time. Uh, but it's, you know, it's something. If you don't like, I promise you, I'll give you your money back every single time. Uh, yep. You know, whether it's my five dollar digital book, or whether it's a four hundred dollar, you know, uh, class to learn about this industry. Um, you know, we, we, we guarantee all that kind of stuff. Oh, and Glenn would be so upset about it. If you got somebody who was upset, you would be like rushing to get yeah. them their money back. I know yeah, that. You're getting your money back most likely that day. So exactly. You know. Exactly. And if you want to check out Glenn's website, go to the mhpexpert.com. And Glenn can be reached at, oh God, I forgot the phone number again. Park for you. Close. MHP for you. There you go. 720, the letters MHP, the number four, Y-O-U. Okay, ah, so. I almost had you know, it. You almost had it. You'll get one of these days. It's only, it's only been a couple of years. It's okay. <laughs> you know, okay. 720, MHP, the number four, Y-O-U. Make sure you. It's not so complicated. It makes me want to rethink. Maybe I got the wrong number. <laughs> well, I mean, look. Anytime you have to think through a num a change a letter into a number, it's always confusing to me. And I just yeah. remember I remember as a as a teenager just dialing one eight hundred fat lady all the time, just, <laughs> just spelling the ra most random words. Uh, guys, we are so thankful for every listener. You guys have been sharing and liking the podcast on all the major platforms. We're very thankful. We will continue to do the cast and make sure that we're providing you with the most up-to-date mobile home park information. On behalf of Glenn Esterson, I'm Jason Sroten. We will see you next time.